0: Hey there friends, welcome to the podcast. You are going to be in for such a treat today because I got the chance to interview the lovely and amazing Kate All from Simple Pin Media and we are talking all about the power of Pinterest today. How you can use it for your business, how you can use it to help your clients, and really how to ease into Pinterest if you feel like it's this big beast that you have no idea if it's even worth your time to even get started on this platform. Like I said, for yourself, for your clients. And Kate does an amazing job of kind of breaking this down and and making it feel less intimidating. I know after I got done with this interview, I was like, okay, Pinterest is not so scary anymore. So you're going to love this conversation. I was so glad that Kate came on the podcast and shared all of her wisdom with us. So let's go ahead. Without further ado, let's dive on the show and go meet Kate. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. This is the podcast for overwhelmed freelancers who are ready to simplify and scale their business so they can earn more and stress less. I'm your host, Aubrey Malik, and I'm a former elementary teacher who launched my own freelancing business, and now I want to share all my secrets with you. Each week, I'll be sharing business strategy, systems, and tactical tips that you can take into your business today so you can finally step into that CEO role you desire. Let's dive on into the show. Hey there, Kate. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. I am so excited to have you on today.
1: Yes, I'm so excited to talk with you too. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So I'm I'm guessing a lot of my audience knows who you are, but for those that might be new to the online space and are not sure who you are, would you just kind of give us a little bit of rundown of your background and how you got started in the online space?
1: Yeah, so I'm the owner and CEO of Simple Pin Media, which is a Pinterest management and marketing agency. I started it 8 years ago, basically on a hope and a prayer that I would make money because we were super poor coming out of the recession and I had a friend that I was helping with frugal and deal blogging, and I was doing Facebook marketing and some Pinterest marketing for her. Facebook had changed their algorithm, the very first one. And so all these people were looking to get more traffic and they didn't understand Pinterest. It felt like this really weird, mysterious, like outlier of a platform, but yet we saw in people's analytics that they were getting all this traffic. And so in a moment of desperation, she suggested to me, you should start managing people's Pinterest pages. And I was like, that is never going to fly. People are never going to go for it. And she reminded me that I was poor. So I decided to do it. And I had a philosophy, even though I kind of had this weird thing of, I thought it was going to fail. I named it simple pin media specifically because I wanted it to be simple and actionable so that people could you know, hire us in the beginning. We only had the agency side to use our services And understand it to where it wouldn't feel overwhelming because I understood the business owner just had so many things on their plate. So started it off and basically told them, hey, if this doesn't work, let's just forget about it. And they came back and said, this is working so well. I'm going to tell my friends and then they're going to tell their friends. And now eight years later, we have a big company with 35 employees and lots of clients and lots of students that we work with. So never ever what I intended, but feels like it fits like a glove.
0: And you, so you started out with the agency and then you shifted into the online educator space. Tell me about that shift. When did you know it was kind of time to do that? Were you kind of at your capacity with the agency stuff, or were you getting a lot of people coming to you wanting to learn the other side of it?
1: Yeah, that's such a great question. And it's been an interesting story for me. So I will say the agency part always felt really easy for me. And that's because delegation and I hired a lot of women who were in this space of wanting to work at home, but really not knowing what they were doing. They had come out of having babies and they were like, I maybe have a degree in like history or English. I have a degree in political science. And it's like, our lives aren't looking what, like we thought they would, but we we have gifts and strengths. So hiring them was easy. Well, then in 2016, I started my podcast and that was the first time I started to teach what I knew. And I have to be honest that when I started to think about online educating and courses, it was very much because it tapped into my competitive nature of what I saw other people doing. And what's interesting is I've since learned that those are very two business models they require different things they require different teams and i will i i started a course and we realized man this is a lot more work than we thought it was with the webinars and the sales and it it just really messed with me to be honest. Like, whereas the agency side didn't, I knew how to, you know, serve clients and all these kinds of things, but I found myself chasing other people's success so much that I wasn't looking at my people. I wasn't really focused back on my plate because I kept reading these income reports and I would see how people made money. And it just has been, I will say, you know, now it's different, but during that time, it felt like a lot of tension for me just to figure out, like, what is Kate's voice in teaching versus what I see other people teaching? So we started a course and then we realized, too, teaching Pinterest is very hard in a course model because things change like every other day. So we shut it down actually in 2018 and we moved to a membership model because I like the coaching aspect. And now we have two memberships where we teach organic Pinterest marketing and then paid ads because a lot of people want to figure out how to do Pinterest ads. So the iteration of courses and marketing has been probably the hardest journey of growing a business. The agency side has not felt hard at all.
0: Yeah, it's a different, it's definitely a different shift. I've, I felt that too. And kind of being on the freelancing side of things and working with clients and kind of being almost behind the scenes. And then when you have to make that shift of, okay, now I actually have to get out and talk more about me and, and what I'm doing it in a different way than you were doing. It's definitely making that shift is not, not always yeah. easy. And it and it can be, I I know that I saw it too, like, oh, that shiny object of like, oh, I can create this passive income and it can, you know, I can make money while I'm on the beach and drinking a margarita, <laughs> like all that, you know, all that stuff. And and it definitely gets to a point there, but I think that in between stage, what you were talking about, of like actually building that up and, and bringing those people in and kind of tweaking everything and making it, that's, that's where it does get sticky and a little uncomfortable when you have to make that shift from freelancer to now coach or educator.
1: Yeah. Such a huge shift. And I, I don't know about you, but I feel like there was that time too, where all the marketing we saw made it sound so easy. It was like Facebook ads are like printing many and webinars are and So you kind of bought into this idea that it would be easy. And then what you come to realize is that marketing is so much about data and tweaking and the long game that that's, it's harder because you have this instant gratification idea in your head. Are you there? Sorry. Did I lose you? Okay. Are we back? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was like, I was frozen for a minute. I checked my internet, so I don't know if it's me or you, but Hey, that's what podcast <laughs> editors are for. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> I don't know where it cuts you off at. Um, you were kind of going for a second and then like it came in and out. And then I was like, I don't, I was like waiting for, sometimes like it'll just like lag for a minute, but, um, okay. Um, we can just kind of piece that. And I think we were talking about like the long, how, how it was like the, the long, long game. game. Yes. Yeah. That's all
1: I said. And I was done. Yeah. Okay. okay, cool.
0: Um, well, it's, it's a great thing that you brought up the long game. Cause that kind of brings it over to Pinterest because I know a lot of people, you know, now they see Pinterest as this big marketing thing for their business and how they can use it. But what they don't realize is it's not something that's easy or as simple as like, oh, I'm going to get overnight success and I'm going to get all this traffic to my website. And there are a lot of changes too. So can you talk about maybe from like the business owner side, whether someone's thinking like listening to this podcast, like, oh, I could use Pinterest to grow my you know freelancing business to get clients or like I could help my clients do that. Can you talk about that like power of Pinterest and that like long game strategy?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think what's interesting about anything that you choose to invest in for your business, kind of this whole social media landscape, which I feel has just, it's really exhausting, right? Because you hear this draw of TikTok and I think TikTok changed so much of how we do marketing and Pinterest looked at that and was like, I want a piece of that pie. I want that short form video. And so what you see is that Pinterest has changed from just one pin click to website model. Now we have standard pins, video pins, idea pins, and then Pinterest ads, right? So we have more of these options to connect with people. So what I tell people who are trying to decide is Pinterest right for me to step back and say, where are my people searching for my product? Because if you talk about like say investing or something like that, your people are probably not on Pinterest, right? There's just not a lot of people talking about that. But if you're talking about certain educational products or you're talking about anything of food, home decor, DIY, there's so many things. So I think you have to step back and go to Pinterest, open up your app on your phone and start searching what it is you talk about. And as you see what's there, that helps you click in to say, okay, I think I can put my stuff here. I can compete with it. Now, another thing is that you have to understand the user base. So Pinterest user base is very much introverted and they're very much thinking about themselves. So they go onto the platform thinking, how am I going to be served? And how am I going to find a solution to my problem? Whereas something on Instagram, it's more like brand awareness and connection and nobody leaves the platform. I mean, I'm a sucker for Instagram. I'm scrolling through stories for like a couple hours, right? Mm -hmm. Same with TikTok. So I think it's really important for before a business owner starts using one of these tools to step back and decide why they're doing it and how it's different. Pinterest also requires less time, a little bit more creativity, a little bit more keyword stuff than the instant of, I'm just going to do a quick story on Instagram. So I think those are big distinguishers before people dive in. And then,
0: so say nobody, like, say I have somebody who's listening and they're like, I'm not on Pinterest yet but I want to be. Um, and by this, somebody that's listening, I'm talking about myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. is perfect.
0: So, well, here's the thing. I mean, I, I, it's funny that you brought up TikTok because I never thought I would say that I'm on TikTok, but I've been on TikTok for the past year and it mm. has been a huge driver of, of my business. And it was a fun way for me to kind of, like, I was in that rut of Instagram and just kind of those, you know, static photos and, I just was like, I need need to switch things up. So I switched over to TikTok and now I have all this short form content. And now I'm trying to like, I know that my people are also probably on Pinterest too. So how do, how do we make that shift or what are some tips that we can use to maybe repurpose what we already have in a format Mm -hmm. that makes sense for Pinterest?
1: Yeah. I love that. Kudos to you because I've been one of those people who's like, I'm never going to be on TikTok. I'm never going to do it. We finally had that discussion a couple of weeks ago, like maybe we need to do it. But I think what's interesting about that and what you said is it tapped into that storytelling piece with TikTok. And I've heard a lot of other people say that, like, I want to embrace it because it helps me with storytelling. When you come to Pinterest and you can repurpose some of that, it's important to think about the idea behind it. So if again, it's back to that entertainment versus solutions, and even with idea pins, which is where you could potentially repurpose some TikToks into the quick short form idea pin, less than 15 seconds, or even broken down into the slides, you want to be thinking about your customer's question. So it's not necessarily the entertainment, like they're not gonna sit there for a long time, even though people, Pinterest wants them to, right? It's this five steps or three ways or something that's an aha moment, which I think TikTok and Pinterest have a really good symbiotic relationship kind of, because you do find a lot of quick hacks on TikTok and that's originally how Pinterest grew. So when you think of repurposing, think of it through that lens. You're not so much going to use like dancing entertainment kind of TikToks, but you could do things that are, this is how you prepare for X, Y, Z. So you always have to have that in your frame of mind, but idea pins, which are newly released within the last two years, that's probably the best way. It's one of those things where, you know, you want to utilize the, the feature that they're most promoting idea pins are those pieces. They don't link. So that's another keep them on the platform trick for Pinterest, but you can repurpose your TikToks into those formats.
0: Yeah. That's, that's where we're starting. We're, we're starting small to kind of, to see that too, but I think it's a good thing to utilize. Cause I, I mean, I guess this is kind of the next question that would lead me into it is like, is Pinterest still mm. top dog? You know, like is Pinterest yeah. still in, in the game, you know, as things are changing, because I, you see that too, you see it with other platforms, like TikTok people started navigating towards TikTok. So you saw Instagram doing the reels now Facebook has it. And so is it, is it kind of that playing a catch-up game or is it still something where you really want to put your, at least some of your eggs into Pinterest?
1: Yeah. So it's funny. Cause I read the Q4 earnings report yesterday. It's something we I can geek out on. But it, what's interesting is Pinterest exploded in growth in 2020. And then they have a decline and even in last year they went from 100 million US users and now they're down to like 86 million US users. But they are growing globally. So that being said, TikTok definitely and other things removed part of that share, right? But I think I Pinterest I think is in a new It's kind of like Pinterest 2.0, a new iteration as to the users who love Pinterest, they love it. And one of the complaints that they've always had is things don't link or there's a broken link, right? So you have this new feature of an idea pin that doesn't link. So what we have is this reckoning between... How are users using the platform and are they going to continue? And so I think with Pinterest being that search and discovery platform, it is still an outliner and kind of in this YouTube, you know, kind of Google bucket, whereas the other ones people stay on. But I think that's the tension, right? Because Pinterest has to make money through their advertising and show that they're a great platform and they're trying to make strides in creator monetization programs. So you can make money with you know idea pins or brand sponsorships. So I still think it's relevant to use. I still think it's a top traffic driver. When we look at all analytics from our clients, we see Google, Pinterest, and then below is Instagram, Facebook. They vie for those top two still. So I think until we see that drop even more, which it has dropped in the last year. We, In fact, we did a whole podcast episode today about does Pinterest care about bloggers? Because bloggers have been these creators who have loved and feasted off of Pinterest with that traffic. But I just think as platforms try to keep people in their ecosystem longer, I think it just took a while for Pinterest to get to that point. And so we're kind of seeing that happen now. So I kind of call the 2022 our year of what will users in Pinterest, how will they come together? And that was a big part of their final earnings report too, was, you know, they got hit, they got a boost from the pandemic and now they're kind of settling because people are now going out and about or Mm -hmm. there's not using it as much.
0: Yeah. And another thing that you touched on too, because you touched on your membership and how Pinterest is constantly changing. Um, so I, I know one way that one answer to this question is going to be your membership for people to stay on top of things, but like. With everything, it, it does feel like there's different guidelines and different ways Pinterest yeah. wants you to do certain things and what's a best practice. So how, how do we stay on top of that so that when we do implement a Pinterest strategy, either for ourselves or for our clients, that it's actually working?
1: Yeah. So great answer. I think one of the things I tell people is look at strategy as your why and your tactics as your how, and then your analyzation as your evaluation. So going and saying, why am I going to use Pinterest for me as a business? It's to grow my email list and build awareness. Cause I do know that they still come to my website. Right. And then the next phase is, you know, really to figure out how do we, go deeper with them. Like, how do we use the tools that are on the platform, the tactic-y stuff to really get in front of them and then set a timeframe, go, okay, I'm going to set six months and do this. And then obviously, yes, I have a free newsletter where we give updates too. So you can, you know, read some about that or listen to the podcast. But I think one thing that I see people doing is making it way harder than it needs to be. And when we see that, it's mostly because there's a group that people are a part of, whether it's a Facebook group or something. And somebody says, my Pinterest strategy got 1 million impressions. And people just salivate over that because they're like, give me the trick. Give me all these things. Well, then you step back and you go, well, this analyze phase over here, impressions aren't a part of what I'm tracking. So why am I being lured into some other tactic that doesn't even accomplish the goals that I have? So I think that's also important is to know your metrics, watch them, and kind of back to that, keep your eyes on your own page because everybody is targeting a different user on Pinterest. Everybody's targeting different keywords. So when You know, you want to just look at those kind of three things and map it out. And as Pinterest, also, I'll say this, Pinterest is probably one of the least complicated platforms of all of them. There's not a time element. There's not a write this word or don't write this word. It's really just if you focus back on that end user and then you're not spamming you know, 10 times a day with 10 different pins. You can do one to three idea pins a week, and then you can still do static pins too, as well. You can pin them to your boards. It's not so there's not a trap. So I feel like that's what I hear from a lot of people with other platforms. Like, Oh, don't do this or don't say this. Instagram feels exhausting to me because there is just so many things. Whereas Pinterest, it's not super hard to keep up on And there's some people obviously who love like the, the data stuff and getting all nerded out on it. But I find that kind of distracts from who your person is and focusing back on them.
0: Great, great answer. Um, it kind of, I wanted to do that, not necessarily like a little rapid fire, but just like maybe, Like two or three things that used to be in for Pinterest that are like no longer in, and then maybe some like things that now are newer that you should start incorporating. I know idea pins is one of them, but maybe because I, you know, there's, I hear all these terms thrown around join group words and do hashtags. Don't do hash, you know, like, so, so what are some things that are out and in, in Pinterest right now?
1: Um, out is hashtags. I think they'd really tried to make it work and it didn't. Um, it really messes with the overall search algorithm. So we tell people just don't use them. Um, Pinterest has been very inconsistent on their uh, guidelines for them. And in fact, they still have an email. Like when you join as a business where it does say hashtags, just ignore it. They don't work. Um, group boards. Group boards are really good if you're going to be working with a client, maybe you're in the design or like photo space to use it as collaboration, but it's not necessarily a good thing to bump up your content. And part of that is because the user doesn't really they're not primed to follow people. So like 97% of searches on Pinterest are unbranded. So they're, they're looking at a phrase. So it doesn't really matter if you join the group boards, it's not going to like elevate you like it used to. So focus on your own boards first, instead of putting your content on somebody else's boards. Um, I get a lot of questions about scheduling, scheduling tools. So there's Tailwind, Planoly, Later, even Canva Pro has an option for scheduling. Some of them are clunky. So when you're looking for a scheduling tool that is totally fine to use, there's no difference between scheduling and life pinning. A lot of people have asked that go with what makes you feel most productive and then I would say, um, so many pins per day used to be a theory that a lot of people used to follow. We have really scaled that down and it really depends on how much content you have. You can do several different images for one piece of content. That is fine too. We just highly encourage people not to pin too close together because when a user comes onto your profile, the first thing they can see is all the pins you've pinned. So oftentimes we'll do a consult and we go to their page and it's like 30 of the same pin. And we're like, this is not, good user experience. You want variety. So those are some of the things that are still in and out.
0: Okay. Perfect. Um, and then the last cu- question that I would kind of have as we start to wrap this up is say, say we have a freelancer who's thinking, oh, maybe I could use Pinterest to actually grow and scale my own business. Not necessarily just working with my clients from a Pinterest management side, but you know, maybe to get more um, clients to my website, what are some things that they could do to with the Pinterest platform to actually scale their own freelancing business.
1: Right. So I think one of the things is take the questions that you're getting from your, your clients, especially the ones in like your discovery call phase, or even ones that people are asking after they complete your form and see if you can put that into a simple blog post, or you could put it into an idea pin too, as well. But I kind of recommend putting it into a blog post so that you can share with your customers. If they do ask you certain questions, like, For me, it's tell me about rich pins or tell me how to clean up my Pinterest boards or how to upload video. My people, as it relates towards, you know, leading us towards clients is they're asking how to questions on Pinterest. So go onto Pinterest and also search some of the questions that you might be getting asked and then utilize Pinterest in that way as this kind of backfill of people really looking for your solution and then becoming aware of who you are and then leading them down the path of where you want them to go. Um, Because a lot of people won't necessarily jump straight to services. In fact, we don't recommend you lead to like your discovery call page or anything like that. We recommend you start with that question that they have and then lead them down the path on your website to making a decision to hire you.
0: Okay. So like having something, like maybe you're at the place where you want to start to like build an email list. So linking it to a blog post, that might be a question that constantly comes up with your clients and then having something, you know, maybe for them to opt into. And then you can kind of work them through that funnel of, okay, maybe on email, like three or four, I can, you know, offer what I have.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's important to remember the funnel Pinterest is trying to get like full funnel right now to where they want to move people through that, we call it at simple pin our framework is inspire inform decide it's really hard to get a pinterest user to decide on the platform especially so that's why we hit them at that inspire phase question phase or looking even inform looking for more information because they're they're very cold so it's a, a lot of conversation is happening around like how do i get new people especially in the ad space right as ads have changed so much so it's looking for The Pinterest user that's maybe never heard of you and they are not going to search you, but they're going to search that question Um, to share this, you know, for my own business, I pinned back in 2017, a post about how to clean up Pinterest boards because I was being asked that question a lot. That got picked up because I actually put in the pin description, spring clean your Pinterest boards. And so every time between January and April, this pin rises to the top of how to clean up Pinterest boards and even some spring cleaning. And people come to sign up for our email list to get this checklist. And that still brings me like 500 to a thousand sessions a month and I don't do anything with it anymore. So that's the really cool, like long tail marketing piece. Whereas TikTok, Instagram, or even Facebook, it's you have between 15 minutes and 48 hours. And then that post is dead. Whereas you have a lot more longevity on Pinterest to where it doesn't feel like any of that is kind of quote unquote wasted.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, now we, we can touch on this a little bit because I, I was just going to say like, where can people learn about you? I know you talked about like Simple Pin Media and that's a really great resource, obviously for all the people who want to learn more about Pinterest, but you just recently launched a new podcast all about the agency side of things. So I would love for you just to share a little bit about that. If anybody wants to learn more about possibly scaling their business in that model, because there's a lot of different ways we can scale our own yeah. freelancing businesses. And one of those ways is agencies. So I would love for you to share about that.
1: Yeah. So I started Kall.com and it was really at this place where I was getting so many questions from people asking, like, how did you scale? How did you hire? How did you get, build your team? And so I started the Kate all show as a podcast because it gave me a lot of freedom just to share my wisdom and my tips about what it's been like over the last eight and a half years to build an agency, to help people evaluate If it's the model for them and then how they do lean into that model. And I very much felt like, especially there's not a lot of female agency owners who are sharing a lot of what their struggles were. There's a few Emily Hirsch is one of them. Uh, We have very similar agency models and, and sizes, but man, I just felt like it was aching to like come out of me. So yeah, you can find the Kate all show on all the podcast players and then. Um, just kind of my newsletter there is just every Sunday, I'm just sharing a little bit and I think it feels, feels good for me to be able to pass that wisdom on.
0: Yeah. especially with like, we talked about with the changing and everything like that, it's, it would be a good resource for everybody to, you know, just stay on top of that. So thank you so much for just being so generous today, Kate. I so appreciate it. I know you talked about your show, any other places that we can come connect with you and learn more about what you offer and what you do.
1: Yeah, so the best place where we're most active right now is Instagram. So at Simple Pin Media, we share a lot of quick tips too as far as like if you just want to stay up to date, we try to make that really a good bite-sized resource place. And then if you want to go a little deeper, our newsletter on simplepinmedia.com, that's a weekly Wednesday, all the news, we run education reports at Simple Pin, so some of that gets put in that Wednesday email for people just to stay up with it without having to do the research.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you again so much. I so appreciate you being on the show. And I know my audience is really going to love this.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't yet, I would love it. If you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag me by sharing and reviewing, you can help spread the message so we can reach more entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business to new heights.